Welcome back to the Master Speaks podcast. This is your host, Elizabeth uh, Tubajika, and welcome to episode six. Um, well, actually, sorry, guys. It's actually episode uh, seven, and I have a really amazing guest with me, Ambella, uh, aka the travel enthusiast. This is actually, guys, um, part of my the second episode or second part of the series of Living Your Best Life, where I kind of talk about different individuals that I feel like are just thriving in their singleness, honey. And singleness is not just all about them. There's so much more, but we talked about how we just want to I just wanted to kind of showcase those people that I feel like are just loving life, have positive energy, are beautiful inside and out. So to begin our episode, I want to introduce this girl is also a friend. You know, I think I've known her for like, what, five years or six years? Embella, welcome, girl. Welcome. Hi, Liz. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you. (laughs) (laughs) You're so sweet, girl. But God bless Thank you, girl. Bless Amen. You. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, Mary. So your name is Marion. Yep. Last name, girl. I'm not going to disrespect it. Go ahead. <laughs> Tell me what's your last name? Ajikum. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So she's a Ghana baby now. Eh? Ghana baby yes. Girl. Go Black Stars. Yes. Okay, girl. <laughs> you know, I, I usually don't. Include West Africans, but you were a special case. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I appreciate the love. <laughs> no, we're not all Africa. Listen, I'm all for the motherland. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, Marion, outside of social media, because, you know, obviously I met you, you know, through our work in the past. We met at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing I really loved about you is just your positive energy, girl. I think I've, I don't, I've, oh, I haven't seen you met a couple of times, but. Outside of that one situation, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, you are always to so be told. Cool. <laughs> Listen, that was the devil's alive. Oh, right, we, exactly. We will not go we, back to the past. We will be. <laughs> <laughs> we the spirit of division. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Outside of that, outside of that, I I think you're you're just a positive energy you're full of life full Mm. of positivity and Mm. I just I love your passion for life and you know obviously I told you a little bit master's piece of being about inner and out of beauty but you know inner and out of beauty talking about fashion and also like you know inside beauty but you know also vibes you know I'm big on vibes and I can pick Mm -hmm. up on vibes so uh, tell a little bit about yourself tell our audience about who you are outside of social media because you know you'd be having those little fab insta pictures girl like life is just oh, <laughs> oh that's so sweet god bless you yeah girl, um, tell, honestly, tell people who you are go ahead girl. thank thank you for the intro I, I mean i don't know how to come after that i'm just like what do i say right <laughs> <laughs> no but honestly um you know everything you said is right like i'm not a person that like likes to get mad I don't like to harbor and fester mm-hmm. negative energy mm-hmm. um because then it starts to eat within you so I am all about positivity I'm all about light I'm all about um of course my faith uh I would consider myself more of like a free-spirited person mm-hmm. um I don't like to be idle <laughs> mm. I like to keep myself busy um, I love to have fun I like to travel and explore um, I would consider myself a baby philanthropist. I'm not on the level of, you know, the Oprah's of the world, but maybe mm-hmm. one day 
God will take me there. <laughs> amen. Um, in Jesus' name, yes, amen. amen. Um, also, uh, I, I love try, trying new things, and, and that goes back into traveling. I like to travel to places unseen or not unheard of, but just places that I wouldn't think that I would have tra- wanted to travel to before. So, I again, love to try new things. I uh, love of life and culture and just, yeah, I love of life. <laughs> so how would you describe yourself in three words? Ooh, okay, three words. Only hmm. three, girl. I'm only three. Only three. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I would consider myself methodical. Um okay. uh, yeah, I, I will I consider like myself. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's see. Also, I will consider myself mm, pizzazzy. I do have mm. like a lot of pizzazz mm-hmm. and gracious. Mm. Okay, I do like. I, I like. I like. And my third question for you, because girl, you, I pipped you. You're a little fashionista, girl. You, you. Oh, uh, it takes one to know where you're a fashionista. I, 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 well, that's why I got you on the on the track, girl. <laughs> We can't be having just any type of person. Over here. This is true now. Yeah, <laughs> we got to teach them. I want girls to be inside beauty, but I also mm. I believe in being fabulous, honey. All yes, life. You got to be fabulous. Yes. I two I, snaps. Yes, honey. Slay all day. Oh, yes, yes, yes. In my Marquanski words, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shout out to Marquanski. Shout out to Marquanski. <laughs> so um I've noticed you're 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 in between like sometimes I see you have like the street vibe, you got the tennis shoes, your your tights, and then and then girls sometimes you got the dresses, diva slicks, like okay, come legs. So how would I you describe your style in I'm- three words? Ooh, three words. You know what? Just describe it. Yeah, because that may be hard. Just describe it. Yeah, let me, yeah. Yeah. I I can describe it. Okay, let me see. So, I can, with me, I think because of upbringing and where I've been able to live in Mm -hmm. my current life and past life, I'll consider my my style more eclectic. Okay. Um, I feel like fashion doesn't need to be complicated. I think sometimes as humans, just as we try to complicate things or overcomplicate things. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like for it to be tasteful and mm-hmm. classy mm-hmm. that's how I would consider my style mm-hmm. um, I do love the sophistication of like the European style that clean chic uh, slight edge but then I also love the simplicity of American style because mm-hmm. American style is just it's 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 effortless it's just it's, it's clean it's simple and it's just to the point so I have moods like okay I might want to throw in some heels and a dress and be cute and then I might want to put on my sneakers mm-hmm. and a cap and you know go about my day so it just depends on my mood <laughs> and your face stays beat too because y'all and Bella <laughs> used to do makeup and she's a retired makeup artist Yes, I am a retired maker <laughs> artist. <laughs> oh, trust me, I she try is here not going back. She is not going These back. Are, yes, I tried. That's your best self. <laughs> she said she tried. That's so silly. <laughs> it's funny because I can kind of see through yourself kind of like your European influences. I see mm-hmm. that UK street vibe. Sometimes I see New York. Yes. And you, you know, you got your yeah. hat, all that girl. I love it. I'm I'm here for it, honey. Uh, thanks, boo. So we can talk about fashion the whole day, but let me get to yes. What, let me get to what we're here for, okay? <laughs> so, so to my viewers, I want you guys to know that this is a very interactive podcast. I want you guys to have questions, ask questions. Um, these are like our opinions. If you if you disagree, tell me why. I'm cool with it. Um, but you know, we're obviously talking about living your best life. 
and how to master singleness, individuality, all of that. So, um, Marion is actually Ghanaian. You told me that you you were mm. you're you were born in Ghana, but you were, you grew up in the UK, right? Or were you no, born no, no. in the UK and and, and your nationality yeah, is Ghanaian? Was, yes, exactly. So I was born in London. And my parents are uh, Ghanaian. They migrated from Ghana to London and had me and my brother there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was born and raised there. And then uh, I was able to move from there to Ghana and live in Ghana for a year with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, went back to London, stayed for like two more years. And then that's when we moved to America, which is in 2000. Oh. So, yeah, I <laughs> did, did a little bit of bouncing around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So tell me about tell me about that. How was that like? growing up uh, with the Ghanaian nationality, being in the UK, uh, did you, how was that whole experience? Did you have any identity crisis? What did you identify yourself as? Um, Growing up in London, it's absolutely diverse. It's a melting pot. Uh, New York is another melting pot. Mm -hmm. London, to me, that was the melting pot that I was just able to live in. And I didn't grow up with any identity crisis because Again, it was so diverse, even though everybody had their own areas of where um, their ethnicities would thrive in yeah. or live in. Yeah. Um, like, I knew who I was, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yes, I lived in London. We, You know, we, you know, did the things that the British people did. Mm-hmm. But then we also held, upheld our culture um, in the foods that my mom would make us. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the interactions that I had with the kids that I grew up around. Shout out to all my friends in Chingford. Uh, hey. but <laughs> right. Hey, <laughs> but yeah, so we had a great like Ghanaian community there. There was also a lot of Jamaicans mm-hmm. and, uh, there was some Portuguese people, Turkish people, Indian, Pakistani, Bangladeshi. There were so many ethnicities. Mm-hmm. So it, I never not knew who I was yeah. um, until I moved to America and actually I, well I lived in Ghana for a year so that was good so mm-hmm. being able to transition from London to Ghana and actually just be able to actually go to school in Ghana for a year that I told my mom that was actually one of the best things you did for me how just being able to be you? around how old were you I was 10 wow I was 10 Yes. So I was able to, of course, you know, remember everything that happened and be able to, again, experience that my culture to the fullest Mm -hmm. and just kind of get, you know, at at that age, like, I mean, you know, kids with sponges. So Mm -hmm. at that age, you're remembering everything. So being able, again, to be around um, my people, just be around just nothing but black people. That was amazing. Everybody looked like me. Uh, Um, It was just for us yeah so again I told my mom that's like one of the best things you uh, you know you did for me is allow me to you know go to Ghana for that year and actually go to school there and actually just really really like be in my culture like fully immersed to where I had a daily life yeah in my culture I remember like you know um, a dating life just growing up no, oh, this is a dating <laughs> no, not a, a, no, not dating, oh, daily, oh, okay. daily. <laughs> okay, go ahead, girl. I'm going to say, hold on, wait, I was 10 now, okay? All right, you know, you know, I'm not judging. Girl, I'll say rumors get started. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's rumors, not dating. Okay, right, no, I know. Get that cleared up real quick. Okay, go ahead, girl. <laughs> she was joking, guys. <laughs> But no, like, it was so amazing just being able to, again, fully immerse myself in my culture and being able to, like, wake up and go to school and have, you know, 
an academic life there and a social life at that age with of course you know the friends that I made in school and I you know still talk to some of them up until this day mm-hmm. um so I am big on like networking and uh maintaining um blossoming relationships yeah. um if me and that person's spirit you know connect and collide mm-hmm. so uh it, it was so amazing but honestly with the identity crisis mm-hmm. um statement that you had made when I moved to America is when I noticed like a difference in culture and it wasn't it wasn't the people it was what you know they they were being taught mm. about their blackness about you know where they come from or the lack of teaching mm. in regards to their culture because there was a lack of it mm. you know i got more education on my blackness um, in the uk when i lived in the uk when i lived of course in, you know in the uk and also in ghana but here you know they 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 try to marginalize and minimize certain things that they you know will empower you to be black or, it's very it's it, it it was very sad to just kind of witness that so i again we uh, going back to the whole identity crisis i think in, in this day and age for the younger um uh, africans first generation or second generation africans that are you know born and raised in america they have an advantage now because people are more open mm-hmm. to the african culture mm-hmm. um so i know it'll be better for you know our kids and our future kids so, yeah. yeah, you know, that's that's a really, really good point that you made. I never really thought about it that way as far as the UK, mm-hmm. because there is mm-hmm. a huge, even New York, in a sense, these these cultures mm-hmm. that really embrace other cultures, well, you you got mm-hmm. the Jamaicans, yes. you have the Nigerians, yes. you got the Ghanians, yes. there's some even Congolese in the UK, but they yeah. all know their roots, whereas when you come in, yes. into the US, it's more like, shrink that you know what i'm saying it's like right black people are not encouraged to embrace like their roots like that so, and like you right. said it's 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 starting to you know revolutionize a little bit now but yes it is yeah talk a little bit about that i i, I wanted to also talk about your mom you know making you go to ghana was that intentional so you could keep that part of the culture no, actually, it wasn't. So, um, honestly, um, so what happened is that um, my mom and dad had divorced, and okay. you know, she decided that she was like, I'm ready to go to God back to my country. Yeah. I just want to go home and relax. You know, she was she was young. This was a couple of years after they actually got a divorce, maybe like five or six years. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, no, I think it was like five. It was five years. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, she was still like, and she was in her late thirties, so she was still young. Yeah. So she's like, I want to go home. I just want to go be next to my mom. Aww. I want to go. She started her, you know, clothing business. She had a boutique. Okay. So, you know, she did that. Right. She had something to do there. So she went to go tend to her business. And um, uh, she asked me, she gave me and my brother um, the decision of, you know, do you guys want to stay in London or do you want to go to Ghana? And I chose I wanted to go to Ghana. And my brother was getting ready to start secondary school in London. So that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All my breasts know that when it's time to start secondary school, you know, yeah. it's like starting high yeah. school, of course. You don't want to miss that those first days. So I was like, whatever, I'm going to Ghana. I, I loved oh. it. it. It was, you know, again, I transitioned so smoothly. And she we talked about that the mm-hmm. other day. And she was like, it wasn't hard for you. I remember when we placed you in the school, you, you know, started to make friends, you made neighborhood friends. Like I was always like doing something, mm-hmm. you know, they always had to come find me. It's either I was down 
the road with a family friend or I was doing agriculture mm-hmm. with my granny or just just doing something. So oh. <laughs> I I mean I loved I loved that whole year growing up in Ghana and you know waking up to hearing the rooster in the morning that was my alarm clock. I mean I had, of course we had alarm clocks. Yeah, yeah. It was just it was therapeutic it was to hear rooster just cock a doo yeah. doo in the morning. You know, six thirty a.m. at the same time every morning too. Yeah, yeah. I love that. So all my African people yeah. who lived in the village or visited, you know what that's about. Right. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So when we lived, it was uh, it was the second largest city. The capital is Accra. So the second largest city is Kwase. Mm-hmm. And the people that stayed next door to us, they had like a little chicken coop in their backyard. So we would hear the roosters <laughs> from their side. But yeah, it was oh, amazing. Wow. So, and what city were you were you living in? Kumase. Okay, okay, okay. So you yeah. were in Accra. Okay, no, okay. across the capital, Kumasa is like I would consider Kumasa the second okay. capital. Uh, if you want to be politically kinda correct, like, like <laughs> the second, right, uh, right. Well, kind of like Dallas and Houston. And Houston. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, kind of like that. Even though I mean, and it's crazy that yeah, Austin is the capital of Texas. Wait, what, nobody like, talking. <laughs> everybody talks about Dallas and Houston before you talk about exactly. Austin. So right, so it's just like uh, you know, and it's four hours away from each other by road. By playing about 45 minutes, 30 okay. minutes. Well, you know, I, I mm-hmm. heard her last po- podcast. Guys, she was on podcast with, uh, what's it called? The, the sweet, what was her name again? The, the Pretty, Pretty Wonder. Wonder, where she was talking about going, yes, let's talk. going to Ghana, mm-hmm. and um, I'm like, look, at, I'm I'm next on the list after her because I was like, <laughs> I'm going to Ghana. Yes, too. I've been to Nigeria, all but I haven't been to Ghana, and I saw all my friends. I have two friends that moved back to Ghana, and then last year they mm-hmm. were just popping their feeds with all the, you know, what the the was it Afrochella? What is it called? Yeah, Afrochella, Afro Nation, all of that. Girl. Yeah, we have Afro. So Afrochella is a Ghanaian festival that we host every mm-hmm. year. Afro Nation typically is held in Portugal. They were supposed to do um, Puerto Rico this year, but because of coronavirus, oh. uh, they had to cancel that. But Afro Nation travels to various countries. So, yeah, it was a big deal for Ghana to host Afro Nation because it was the first African country to do so. So that, that was nice. a big deal. So. Okay, girl. So yeah. we're going to talk about that um, <laughs> very soon. So... Fast cool. forward to talking about you moving into the U.S. and having kind of like that identity crisis. Mm-hmm. How did you maintain mm-hmm. your culture with being? And, and I know you kind of talked about how, because of you know, but you being in the U.K. and going to Ghana, you you were able to kind of maintain that mm-hmm. part. But what did it do for you for mm-hmm. you to be still able to kind of maintain your culture, uh, being a Ghanaian American, if you'd like to say it? while in the u.s mm-hmm. um so one thing we did that again i thank my mom for is she always reminded us of you know where we came from and who we are uh, of course we continue to eat our local cuisines yes. because there are you know african markets and stores or afro-caribbean since and a lot of people don't know that africans and caribbeans actually eat the same a lot of the same uh, things. we actually a lot of the same things we just season them up yeah. differently but it's the actual the base ingredients is the same so, you know, we're able to go into those stores and also participate in, in the um, Ghanaian functions that may happen around the city. 
um, as well as, you know, going to a multicultural church, but mostly dominated by Ghanaians. We were able to Mm -hmm. do that and just stay plugged into our Ghanaian community because, you know, um, the Ghanaian or just African communities within the South. And if you're not Nigerian, of course, Nigerians dominate. (laughs) Everywhere in the Nigerian United people. States, I'm not hating because I love my Nigerian <laughs> people. Oh, shit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, no, like, exactly. But, like, Ghanaians, there's a lot of Ghanaians mm-hmm. on the East Coast. So it feels more like Ghana when you're on the, that side of uh, the United States or on that coast. But versus, like, being in the South and things being the tad bit mm-hmm. slower, um, you, you just have to find the those individuals or um, those people that make you feel at home. There are churches that, you know, are geared to specifically Ghanaians that speak in, in the local mm-hmm. dialect. So some people feel, you know, the need that, well, I was, I would say that they feel that, you know, that makes them feel more at home. So they feel more comfortable there. So you just have to find um, out what works mm-hmm. for you that is going to help you maintain your culture. And also too, when we did move here, we did, you know, go back to Ghana frequently mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, as with any African, you know, if it's if you can try to always go back home um, just so you can stay connected with your roots. I think that's what uh, that, that's actually what we did. And, and it helped. Yeah. It helped. And talk about the importance of that, though, because, you know, I mean, you're in the future. You're, you're going to get married. You're going to have kids. Right. If you do what would you yeah, do the same? Said. Amen. Because <laughs> you know, I like to say you're going to have kids. Some people be like, nah, girl, I want no kids. So, you know. If it's the Lord's Lord's will, (laughs) would you want the same thing for them? Would you want to, if you didn't marry Ghanaian, if we go get to that, would you want them to also do those traveler, those uh, visits back and forth to Ghana? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yes, definitely. I definitely want to instill my culture into my children and, you know, allow them or give them the opportunity to truly understand you know, who they are, where they came from, what their ancestors had to go through mm-hmm. for them to be able to do what they're doing in life or be afforded such opportunities in mm-hmm. life. Um, I definitely want to be able to pass that knowledge down. So, you know, as they're growing up, they are growing yeah. up in wisdom. I love so, that. Mm-hmm. 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 No, <laughs> All right, girl. So, you know, obviously I had you on here because, uh, you checked out episode three and I talked about, you know, mm-hmm. singleness not being a curse. Well, I came in the perspective of more like, hey, if you're, you know, don't hate it. And I got some feedback from different yeah. females that was very refreshing. They were like, girl, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. loving it. And so I was like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes in the community, you don't hear a lot of that. You'll probably hear that more in the African-American mm-hmm. community outside of, you know, our culture because Mm -hmm. our culture really puts a pressure on marriage Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you were one of those that i was like listen (laughs) marion every time i would talk about girl today someone you like "Mm," or you if you were you like "Ah." two weeks later you were like yeah it didn't work and you were completely (laughs) fine with it and i'm like yeah it's good yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes so the Uh... question is are you single and are you looking? <laughs> <laughs> if you are single, are you Ooh, looking? Oh, the burning question. <laughs> well, you know what? If, let's not even make a question. That's more, I, I think, if you are single, should you be looking? Let's mm-hmm. talk about that in, you know, let's talk about it in that sense. Because, yeah, you know, because no. it's, it's singleness to me, I, I, to make it clear, it's just unmarried, right? <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. 
single mm-hmm. is unmarried. So you could be dating, you could have someone serious or or we can mm-hmm. break it down to okay, I'm I am dating but I'm not, you know, I'm not engaged or anything. So whatever. Talk about right. how right. you kind of handle it because I feel like you're always those type of girls that were like I'm I'm good when it happens. It yeah. happens, but I'm good. You know? So are you looking? And if you're not looking, tell us what that means not to be looking. Like being single okay. and not looking. Yeah. What is that? Tell the viewers for those who are like, <laughs> ah, my sister, so you are never looking. So you never want to marry. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what, what does that mean for a life in Marion's world? All right. So, um, okay. So I'll answer the burning question. Yes, I am single. Am I looking? Okay. Hmm. I feel like looking is, you know, that's Mm -hmm. relative. That's okay. That is my perspective. I feel like looking the term, that whole term looking, you know, for a woman that Mm -hmm. can be relative. Um, and I say that because again, my perspective for me, this might not be for everybody, but I feel like, um, Women, we weren't created mm. to look. Come on, preach for a man. That we, that's not our role. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's so I don't feel like I should be looking, and I do feel like I, you know, if I feel like I'm ready to cross into that next phase or chapter in life, I should position Come on. myself to be Come sought on. after. <laughs> Come on, okay. <laughs> There's a positioning that has Post to happen when it's time for it. <laughs> right, reposition, <laughs> recalibrate, yeah. you know, set up that navigation right. and get it on track. So I, I feel like as a woman, you're supposed to position yourself. And, and you know, I have to take this back yes, to the Bible girl. and just talk about, you know, one of the, the, the two women that were mentioned in the Old Testament um, that had their own chapters, Esther mm-hmm. and Ruth, both from different backgrounds. Um, they completely had nothing in common. One came from probably a lowly state because, you know, Ruth, um, you know, just not mm-hmm. having anything. And Naomi taking her in and she followed her. Her, um, her mother-in-law. You know, mm-hmm. mother-in-law. And then, exactly. And then you have Esther, who was positioned mm-hmm. by Mordecai. Um, I believe her uncle. Don't call me on that. I think mm-hmm. it's her uncle. <laughs> but anyways, got positioned. But, you know, Naomi positioned Ruth. And Mordecai positioned Ooh. Esther into Prophetess, marriage. And girl, you, you take you, you gonna make this a session, girl. You take me in there. Go, go, on. go on, girl. <laughs> in Jesus' name. All right. So yeah, they were positioned into married and marriage, and then they were able to get married because the men that you know that they positioned themselves, they were sought after, and the men that sought them out, they had favor mm. with them. So I feel like as women, we're supposed to just position ourselves. We're not supposed to go out looking. I mean, there's nothing wrong to look for, like, yeah. friendship, companionship. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. You can have guy friends, male friends. I mean, you want to be able to understand and study the male species because they are a different species from women. They're wired completely different, um, and we're yeah. wired differently. So it is good to have a couple of males in your circle so you can understand you know, how they operate, how their mind thinks, because we don't think alike. That whole term what women is from Venus, mm-hmm. men are from Mars. Like that is really, that is completely wrong. It is. You know, so uh, again, they, they were positioned and they found favor with the men that were seeking them or sorry, excuse me, sought them out. And I think again, as women, I don't think we need to be eager, eagerly or earnestly mm-hmm. looking. I think you just need to prep position. and position and 
allow that manifestation that that desire in your heart to be married to to be somebody's wife you know allow that to that manifestation to happen naturally and don't force it because it goes back to what you said we are pressured especially in the african culture i see mostly in the african culture than i do Mm -hmm. in african-american culture you know for when you get to a certain age um as women that you're supposed to be married Mm -hmm. you're supposed to have kids you know, and if you don't, people look at you funny. They think you're weird. They don't understand. And then people are trying to hook you up and force mm-hmm. you into marriage. And that's another thing, too, because people get married out of pressure and then mm-hmm. they end up regretting it. So and you have to understand marriage is a lifetime thing. It's something that yeah. is a commitment. So you want to make a well-informed decision, not under mm. pressure. Girl, I got to go back to this, your Bible verse you threw <laughs> <laughs> So, Prophetess Marianne. No, no, honestly, the positioning, girl, I loved how you put that, the positioning, because Ruth and Mm. Naomi were literally positioned and they were not thinking Mm -hmm. marriage at all, but they were positioning in serving others, they were positioning Mm. in living in their purpose, they were positioning in being brave. And while doing that, mm-hmm. their husbands mm-hmm. caught the attention. They say, I yes. want babe. Girl. Right. I mean, I mean, think of Boaz. I think everybody loves yes. the story of Boaz yeah. more than Esther's husband, even though Esther's husband was a king. Don't ask me <laughs> to pronounce his name because I was butcher it. But anyway, yeah. the because the ex, um, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is the X E R E S, something like that. Um the Bible scholars will, okay. uh, will correct yeah, us. Listen, we're not scholars. <laughs> right. So go ahead and correct us. Yeah. Right. All right. So, no, like, it, it's so true, though. You know, Boaz, she found favor in his eyes, and he was like, girl, you can have whatever you like. Yeah, you it's just like that song that T.S. You, you like. could have whatever you like. Hey. I mean, exactly. That's, that is what's supposed to happen. That's when you know that favor mm. is activated when you have met your spouse everything mm. will be sweatless you it's every it won't be a struggle there won't be a power struggle it mm-hmm. will be sweatless and that is how you know that's the, that's mm-hmm. the blessing of the lord he adds it doesn't add any sorrow it makes yeah. it makes you rich so it's so true they were both positioned into marriage and it came out of nowhere it kind of reminds me of your story how you know you transitioned from Texas to California and that's God was positioned hey, you. he repositioned you Test put you in position for you to meet you yes that's your testimony for you to yeah. meet your husband you know that is awesome and that's if you just uh, again if that's something that you desire that you want to, to manifest in reality one day to be a wife to be a, a mother you have to believe and have faith that it's gonna happen but also too as women mm-hmm. you have to do groundwork because even Ruth mm-hmm. she did a groundwork Esther, she did her ground. She went, Esther mm-hmm. went through intense mm-hmm. groundwork, okay? Esther was living as a queen before she was a queen. So that's why it was easy for her to transition when she won favor with her husband. Or with and you the know king. what? Esther, is, Esther, let me just act like she was just sitting there. A lot of people like trying to play it like she was just sitting there. But that, that female was smart. Mm-hmm. She, I thought why she was like, no, no. that's the type yes. of man I desire to marry. So when she was positioned yes, in that exactly. circle, she said, Mm-mm, I'm gonna get his attention. So you know what I mean. So right. in a way, let's talk right. a little bit about that because you know, on that first that podcast episode three, I talked about you know not so much maybe in American culture, but in African culture. Maybe this is old school. I don't know if it is. Mm-hmm. A lot of the mothers kind of mm-hmm. maybe 
a lot of girls are not encouraged to have like male friends you know what i'm saying like they're not they're they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of discouraged to kind of say it as that being promiscuous if you have male friends or it's a bad look mm-hmm. you know in our cultures it's a lot about mm-hmm. what, what people think you know and and exactly yeah, perspective. Or mm-hmm. how what it will make the family look like a lot of those stuff i mean which part mm-hmm. of it i get it but part of it my, sometimes i I, my... I meet a lot of girls that that can be very uh intimidated by men and you know let, let's talk mm-hmm. about because girls like esther or you talked about positioning mm-hmm. or having male mm-hmm. friends it doesn't we're not saying shacking mm-hmm. up or all that hitting it quick whatever that's not what we're talking about mm-hmm. we're leading to marriage right <laughs> this is for people that to <laughs> marriage right so talk about right. how can because you have male friends you are very uh you're very diverse in friendship yeah. and it's just like cool like yeah that's my yeah. homeboy Talk about the importance of girls being able to be confident in themselves to talk to a male without assuming, oh, he likes me or, you know, this is it. You know what I mean? Like, without just jumping into every guy that's interested in you. Because that's how girls get into Mm -hmm. bad relationships when they feel like they should just get with the first guy that likes them because they may just never find another guy. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I I totally agree with what you're saying. I think it's important to again to to have a couple of male friends, ones that of course that you guys have established boundaries. Yeah. And you guys know what it is. You know, yeah. we're adults now. We're in the 21st century. I mean, it's 2020. <laughs> I think everyone should have some type <laughs> of clear vision and have boundaries established. You know, this is a friendship. Yeah. This is not a courtship. Yeah. We're not about to get married. We're yeah. friends. We're cool. Like, and we're just, we're getting to know each other. It may not ever lead to that because of course your spouse is supposed mm-hmm. to be your best friend, right? So you guys, you want to be friends. You want to start off as friends and then it blossom into something that is, is more meaningful. Um, I, I think, again, it is important to have male friends, establish those boundaries and also to don't fall in mm. with your eyes. I think a lot of people fall in with their eyes and they, you know, there's a... Uh, What's his name? I think his name is Jerry Flowers. He's a preacher out in, I think, Houston. Hope I did <laughs> not mess up his name. But, you know, he speaks about, you know, when you're in friendship with another, the opposite sex, and how you think of, you know, in your mind, you start to think that, oh, we're going to get married. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You've even before the marriage is taking place in the actual mm-hmm. physicality, you have already yeah. married them in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind. So it's like when it doesn't work out, it's so hard for you mm. to, to detach. And then that's when you become broken and depressed, like don't fall in with your eyes. You need to make mm-hmm. sure you're yielded and get to know the person before you start to allow yourself to be more oh vulnerable. I think everybody should have a guard, yes. have that guard up. I don't care who it is. I don't care who yeah. it is. Have your guard up. Always have your guard up. Get to know the person before you start to break those boundaries little bit by little bit and before yeah. you're exposed. Like Adam and Eve and exposed I like <laughs> to each other. I like the guarding because the word of God even says, you know, above all else, guard your heart. A lot of, fem- a lot of mm-hmm. fem- and I'll say this about the girls because we tend to be more emotional, right? Guys are more logical. Yes. You know, like you yes. have to yes. guard your heart. It doesn't say the man will guard his heart for you. It's how a lot of girls say, Oh, you know, mm-hmm. he told me he was gonna do this and this. No, no, no. What what why mm-hmm. you need to tell yourself until the guy does mm-hmm. such and such and such 
I cannot let my emotions mm-hmm. be involved. That's how we create like these emotional ties. Yes. But they say soul ties. Yes. With, and you, that's how you talk mm-hmm. about like women. Soul ties. And that's just not in the form of like yeah. intimacy or it's you emotional know, sexual encounters. Yeah. yeah, it's emotional yeah. too. It's exactly. I was talking about that on my episode about talking to a lot of guys, but it didn't go anywhere. Um, <laughs> you can yeah. create some soul ties when you get too comfortable talking to someone. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then with mm-hmm. us women, sometimes at a certain age, maybe in the African community more so, we're already imagining mm-hmm. 10 steps ahead. Like, he's going to marry me. He's going to propose. Yes, no. Yes. Yes. We marry them in our mind and in our hearts and our spirits. And when he, you know, says that, you know, he wants to move on or ghost you. It's just like, wait, what? What? Girl. (laughs) And then on his side, he's probably thinking, oh, she's cool. Like, and and in your mind, you tell all your girlfriends already, I I done met someone. (laughs) I think he likes me. Yeah. Girl. Mm -mm. Yeah. So with that being said, I want to tell you, I want to ask your opinion on the difference between, you know, because we're talking about this, guarding your heart, positioning yourself. Mm-hmm. What would you say the difference is, mm-hmm. you know, between being picky and not selling? Because it's two different things, right? If you are, if you are a female mm-hmm. of a certain age and, you know, and you can even share what your experiences mm-hmm. are, you can't be too picky, right? Like mm-hmm. if it's like, I want this type right. of guy, you may not find that type of guy right. in a certain culture like right. oh he has to be Ghanaian right or he has to be Congolese you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying like girl, and then right. you're talking about you want right. to have five kids by the time you're 40 girl you know let's let's be realistic yeah. here you know yeah. are you gonna right <laughs> let's be real I'm just saying are you gonna block God's blessings if he comes as you know and I'm not saying don't have your preferences but let's talk about what is mm-hmm. For you, Marion, let's use you as an example. What is not settling versus being picky for you? I think so. Not settling to me is having standards right. and sticking to them. Okay, have your Give standards and stick to like them. That doesn't mean for, for the audience. So you're not gonna go outside mm-hmm. this relationship. Uh, we're gonna mm-hmm. honor and respect each other. Mm-hmm. Men require loyalty. Women, we we mm-hmm. we prefer adoration. Um, so things of that nature, have your boundaries, have your established boundaries, make sure you're communicating. I think communication is key, uh, in relationships. Uh, and I, you know, I'm not trying to take everything back to the Bible. It's just how God created the universe. He spoke Mm -hmm. everything into existence. He communicated. So that is key. There has to be, you know, that open Mm -hmm. mind of communication, um, in order to define and establish those boundaries. I also believe when that selling is being selective and wise with who you allow to mm. be in your space. You know, because if you're not, that one person will end up mm. settling with you. And then it causes you to have settled and not have stuck to your uh, uh, your standards of Therefore, what you wanted in a man. And I think, you know, there are... Relationship. Also- yeah, go ahead, girl. Yeah. I just want to see... Exactly. See, you talked about that, and that was that. That episode was awesome. Y'all did not listen yeah. to it. Please go back and listen to it, because that was awesome. And we've all been in situationships, mm. unfortunately. And if you haven't, oh, you, you probably, probably will experience that one, once in your lifetime. <laughs> and you don't. You, you probably don't know you was. So it could be one yeah. of the three. So, you know. Um. So, and also to yeah, 
some people have very outlandish yeah, demands as far as like being picky like oh he has to be six foot he has to be this complexion like you said mm. he has to be gone he has to no what if god what what if god what sorry what if the person that god is trying to bless you with comes in a five foot mm. ten package that may be mm. african-american with this experience and he sees that this is a good fit for you are mm. you going to outrule that person because they don't meet your height requirement or ethnicity i think when we you know when you're dating and you're being um when you start to kind of narrow down as far as like what is selling and what is picky you have to we as women we have to be realistic with the things that we're asking for um i think we're in a day and age we are in a day and age of everything being mm-hmm. overly visual and people are, are, you know, getting married, not saying that everyone's not getting married for the right reasons, but yeah. some people are getting married for the wrong reasons. They just yeah. want the image of marriage, but they don't really know, you know, the hard work that it takes to be in a marriage. So, again, be mm. selective, but don't be outrageous with your demands. And, mm-hmm. you know, use wisdom when you're, you know, going through what you want and what you don't want. And also to... You have to know who you are. You really have to know what you want. You have to know what you like because that's going to make it easier for you to decide on yeah. who is a good fit for yeah, you. Yeah, that's that's really good. I like that. So, with that being said, girl, mm-hmm. do you do you do you see? Okay, do you feel like there's any pressure settling? being in the Ghanaian <laughs> culture? You know, I I I I told you the Congolese pressure I had. But you know, Africans are Africans. <laughs> we have certain ways of seeing. You know, our parents had a way of seeing. This generation is a little different. But have you experienced? You know, setting yeah, yeah. if the pressure is from community, your parents. I mean, your mom. I don't know. Like, do you feel like they tell you, "Hey, you have to yeah. get married. It's about time to get married." Or, or are they bringing uncles? Yeah. To your doorstep, so you should marry. Duh. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? Like my my dad's like the chill one. He's just like, okay, I know man, married one day. I'm not gonna pressure into it. My mom was like, I'm ready for my grandbabies. Yeah, I'm ready for my grandbabies. And you know, honestly, like I've got it to the point where I'm just amused yeah. at her her pressuring me. It goes through one ear and out the other. I'm, okay, I can't let her listen to this. <laughs> no, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of girls out there that are dealing with the pressure from their parents. Yeah. How do you no, handle it? Yes. Like, how do you handle the, that pressure from from your mom? You have said. And we love you, mommy. We love you. Right. This I is mean, not can, personal. It's just that right. I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> I think with all women, you know, of course, I think anyone that comes from any type of like African household, I think we all as Africans uh ha- go through that same uh notion of the pressure so that's something that we all as african women we all have in common and even some african-american women i know that too that have that pressure of getting married but i think you know if that's something that you desire to do in your heart that you do want to get married you know just tell them that it's going to happen and it's going to happen when the time is right everybody's Mm -hmm. season is not at the Mm -hmm. same time and that's okay that means mm-hmm. you just have more free time. Yeah. You may have an advantage, and you, yeah. but you might not even see it. So I think um, don't let it depress you. Do not let it bring you down. Uh, you have to learn how to filter what people say. I've, I've gone to that point where I just, I filter certain things. Some people think yeah. if it doesn't apply to me, I'm just going to filter it out because, you know, that, it doesn't apply to me right now. And I know that, again, the aspiration that I have in life is to be married and have kids one day. I know it's going to happen, but it's not something I'm just going to 
<clears throat> become mm. depressed about or stop living because of that or allow you know outside influences as far as like family family friends aunties mm-hmm. uncles you know how that is to try and pressure me well, of course you know mm. our parents can be very sneaky at times like I had one of my uncles <laughs> call me no. from London the other day he was like, man, so when you're not dating, what's going on? Okay, I need to hook you. I'm like, what, where is he coming from? Sent him. I was like, okay. I, I, in my head, I'm like, I know he talked to my mom. I know my mom called him. I know she said something to him. Because this is yeah. coming out of left field. Like, me and my uncle talk, but we don't talk about that. So I'm like, I know my mom said something to you. And it's so funny because anytime I talk to my cousin, she's like, you guys need to, to pray for Mary and talk to Mary about marriage. I'm just like, no. Like, just. I'm living. Let me live, okay? And Marin, I, 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 what I was but, saying, um, I, I love, though, that you can't even laugh through it because people, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's comical. It though, you know? <laughs> like, I, 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 can, yeah, I know some people no, that take yeah. it because you're the only girl, right? You're the only girl, and then... Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. I am. Yeah. So just imagine, mm-hmm. guys, the pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like, you know, for the guys, they probably like, okay, don't figure it out. You know, your brother, give him a couple of times. Exactly. Men have yeah. more time. So, I mean, how yes. do you how do you kind of filter through the, yes. the, 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 the concerns about, okay, I do want to get married, biological clock, mommy wants it, I want it for mommy. How, how do you kind of overcome that process mm-hmm. if you had to talk to someone? I mean... Honestly, I mean, do your research, of course, especially mm-hmm. I'm going to touch on a biological clock because I think that's a lot of things that I've had conversation with just other like African yeah. females. I can speak on this per se that you know, I've talked about, oh, you know, I want to get married at this age because I want to be able to have kids, you know, before this age, because scientifically they say, you know, if you don't have kids by this mm-hmm. age, X, Y, Z can happen. And I get that. But also in the day and mm-hmm. age, te- again, technology and technology is a beautiful thing. There are certain things that women can do now that we weren't fortunate to do like a couple of years ago, as far as freezing your eggs. Um, and of course that might cost a lot of money. Some people may not be able to afford it, but that's something that you can do. And there are other, you know, uh, routes and channels that you can take if, you know, uh, pregnancy mm-hmm. is on your radar uh, before a certain age. But my thing is, I just, I tie back to my faith. My thing is, if God did it for Sarah, Amen. 70 something, almost 80 years old, Amen. I just believe that he's going to do it for me. That's just yeah. the way my faith operates. Everybody's yeah. faith level may be different, but I just think that, again, it is something that, mm-hmm. and even if you're not a Christian, because I just believe in the law, yeah. the law of attraction. If you believe it's that it's going to happen, mm-hmm. if you have that desire and you have, yeah. it will manifest. It will manifest, but you just have to have faith yeah. behind it. Faith yeah. that works is dead. And position yourself so, as you're doing this. Position. Position. <laughs> you can't be you can't just be in the house the whole time. You have to get out. No. Yes, you gotta get out, and that's the you know that's the whole prepping phase when yeah. when you're single. You have more time. I feel like you have more time to prep. You have more time to get to know who you are, and you just truly understand uh, what you like about you know, things that you want to see in your future relationship, you know, be around certain mm-hmm. married couples, be around singles and you can learn from, mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends that are married and I've learned so much from all of them. Um, and you know, their unique, uh, relationships. Uh, I've also learned a lot mm-hmm. from my single friends too. So, um, mm-hmm. keep a diverse circle around you to see what you like and what you don't like. And don't 
go into that state of worry and mm-hmm. anxiety about marriage. Like, just you have to have faith and mm-hmm. trust that it will happen for you one yeah. day. If yeah. that's what you desire. And yeah, and we keep saying that's what you desire because I don't want y'all to be like, I don't want to get married. We're not talking about to, to people that don't want to marry, girl, to you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, to you. The, uh, yes. You know, and that, yeah. We're just kind of like throwing out there if you do want to get married. So, yes. Mary, you kind of yes. got into the topic that I was going to get into about singleness. So you you mentioned, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like what you should be doing when you're single, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Why is singleness mm-hmm. important to you? What, in your own words, like what is, you know, I don't know if you're if you ever listen to what's his name? I forgot his name from the islands, the, the pastor that that passed away a while ago. Miles Monroe. You know, oh, Miles Monroe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guys, oh, we're not going to get too deep into the word, but we don't just throw it out there. What's the one? He talks about purpose. He has a book called The Purpose of Singleness. Yes, yes. And I had he pre- read that book yep. now, Single. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, mm-hmm. obviously, we come in the perspective of mm-hmm. people that are going to be positive in their, their, their single state that are thinking, you know, how to leverage this time, mm-hmm. how to better themselves. So then when they're getting into marriage, mm-hmm. they have their husbands, have their children. They're already thinking, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, how what you know, what money, like money moves for your children, like savings accounts, you know, mm-hmm. uh, international mm-hmm. what do you, I said international generational wealth for my children. You know, like we're mm-hmm. thinking like, yo, how can I master mm-hmm. myself now? Because when I do get married, I'm 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 gonna be an asset to my husband, not a liability. So yes, exactly. Go ahead, girl. And, no, so yeah, I'll touch on both. It sounds yes. like you asked me two of those two questions: what to do in singleness mm-hmm. and why singleness is important. <clears throat> so I'll touch on why singleness is important. So I honestly think that singleness is important because it's the time that you get to truly understand who you are, understand what your purpose is, and truly love yourself. Um, those things are important because if you don't love yourself and you don't know mm. who you are, how are you going to love somebody else? How are you going to be an asset to somebody else? How are you going to help somebody else if you don't know who you are? Um, I think this is the time also to, it's mm-hmm. the time to be selfish to yourself. It's the time for you to do things that you want to do, not because somebody told you to do it or not that somebody told you it'll be beneficial for you, but do what's in the best interest of you. Mm-hmm. Do what makes you happy. That is yes, not illegal. It's, it's totally it's not. It's your right. <laughs> Right. Or gonna be <laughs> right. detriment to your body. But <laughs> do things right. Do things mm. that make you happy. It's uh, it's about you in this time. Finding out, you know, who I am, who is married, what is she really like? Okay. Also too to things to do in your singleness, what to do. I feel like the singleness time uh period is the prepping season. This is when mm-hmm. you go rocky, you're in training. Okay, I need to perfect this, I need to polish this skill. Or I need to learn this new skill because mm-hmm. this is going to aid me when mm-hmm. I do get married, when I do meet my spouse. Um, also, to <clears throat> it's a good time to travel. Um, I, again, I already told you I don't like being idle, so I find things to do. I don't. Sometimes I will wait <laughs> for people, but most of the time I just get up and go. That's just yeah. that's just my nature. I like to get up and go. Um, so, and again, too, going back to the whole, this is your rocky season. If you, you know, if you Come stay on. ready, you don't have to get ready. Yeah, and that's what es- that's what Esther did. You know, so that's why it was an easy, it was an easy transition for her when she walked into marriage with the king because she was already living as a queen before she became queen. So again, that is your prepping season. Travel, 
Uh, again, don't be idle. If you have that plan or a vision, start mm-hmm. that business, take that class, do continue edu- education, do whatever is going to make you happy. Um, do things that are truly going to bring you uh, not just happiness, but mm. a sound mind. I think sometimes we get into things that kind of just discombobulate us and we start to lose track or focus of life because we're so distracted by things or uh, Mm. things that people have told us to do you have to again focus on yourself and do things that make you happy i honestly just really really encourage for people especially women to take that solo trip and don't just take it within the united states Mm. try to go outside of the united states and you know get to learn other cultures uh try different foods meet different people um engage people not just random people, but just engage people that you kind of get a good mm-hmm. vibe from because I'm big on vibes too. Uh, a good feeling from you. Yeah, engage them in conversation and just, you know, get to know different things about the world. Like expound, mm-hmm. e- sorry, expand your mind and try not to be so myopic in your thinking and keep everything narrow-minded because if you keep everything narrow- narrow-minded, when you get into marriage, you're still going to have that mindset. And I think also too, in singleness, especially if you're in your 20s, if you're between like, you know, 24 to like 30, 31, 32. Yeah. Like that's the time that you just live for yourself and just have fun. Live for yourself. Because these are times and moments that you will not get back when you, once you get married. Because you're, now you'd mm-hmm. have to make a, you're in a compromising state. Mm-hmm. Not, a, not that it's a bad, it's not a bad thing to make a compromise. But mm-hmm. you have to understand that you're not just living for yourself now. Now you have a husband and then once kids get involved, mm-hmm. your time is even divided even more. So take yes. advantage of that. Yes, I, I, I love that you brought that fact up because a lot of people forget that. So it's like when you get to whatever, I heard somebody mm-hmm. just saying, you know, learn to be happy where you are because when you when you get to where you want to be you'll still be thinking about the next step up so when you're married mm-hmm. then it's like i want children mm-hmm. then children then you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it's like sometimes as human beings we can ne- we don't learn the art of being content and satisfied and like content does not mean settling mm-hmm. content just mm-hmm. be like hey i'm enjoying this moment mm-hmm. because there's there's mm-hmm. no guarantee to it's what true. happiness like people think a man will make you happy. That's the worst recipe. No, oh, no, yes, yes. Worst bad mindset. Do, <laughs> singles do is that they think that when they get in a relationship, that's what's gonna be happy. Yeah. But no, baby girl, what you need to be doing is learn how to yeah. be happy on your own because <laughs> guys can t- they can sense those thirstiness. Yeah. Like they 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 vibe that when you're thirsty. They can. <sighs> They're like dogs. Listen, they you are, you sniff are, everything. You are <laughs> You're gonna be a victim of situationship. Like if you are thirsty, yes. like, these dudes are gonna mm-hmm. be like, oh, okay, okay, she need a man. And you know these weddings too, African weddings, mm-hmm. etc. These men out there be knowing the who the thirsty ones are too. So my singles, yes, your, yes, please. yeah. Shine your eyes. Shine your eyes. That's my Nigerian shine your eyes. sisters will say. Shine yes. your eyes. Girl, shine now. <laughs> if you're not worried about it, you're one of those single lists that are living yes, their best life. life. Good for you, girl. Keep doing what you're doing. Your time yes. is going to come. Um, Marion, another thing yes. that I wanted to bring up is something I also told you is I always feel like you're, yes, you have that positive vibe and you always are there for your friends. You know, I see it with you. Your girls, I'm always seeing you supporting somebody. I'm always seeing you happy about it. You're 
Go, oh, go, go ahead, crap. I tried. No, you tried. <laughs> go ahead and skewer. <laughs> oh, you said you tried. You said no, I, tried. I said I tried. <laughs> you can cry too, girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but it's okay. natural that you just do this. You don't even feel like you have to be that. But mm-hmm. talk about. Mm-hmm. I think maybe you know this is this is a case for guys too. Talk about when you're single. What is how important it is to be happy for other people, because it's a reflection of who you are and what the happiness that will come back to you, like being sincerely happy for those people that mm-hmm. have what you're waiting mm-hmm. for and you know uh being happy just just mm-hmm. being happy for people not feeling like you know girls sometimes we can feel like it's a competition of mm-hmm. who gets there first or whatever mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or you know like just mm-hmm. talking about the art mm-hmm. of being a good friend and being sincerely happy about people mm-hmm. i think um one of the things that goes into friendship mm-hmm. is love and compassion, you know, um, and that is the one of the key foundations of a solid friendship. And I think if you have love and true love and compassion mm-hmm. for those, you know, people mm-hmm. that you call friends, supporting them and cheering them, cheering them on and celebrating yeah. them is just it's natural. Yeah, it oozes out of you. It's natural. It happens naturally. Um, it's not something that you have to force because you truly love them and you're happy for their well-being. You're happy for them, you know, opening that new chapter in their life or establishing that milestone uh, that was mm-hmm. established uh, by God or that, sorry, that institution that was established by God. So, and I also think too, I have a thing, my philosophy on that is, you know, how do you mm-hmm. expect people to be happy for you and you can't be happy mm-hmm. for them? It's a two-way street. You have to, you know, if you want respect, you, you know, of course, it has to be earned, but mm-hmm. you know, it's you have to reciprocate. So I just believe in being. Not, I, you know, if I love you, you're my friend. I'm, I'm gonna be happy for you. Like naturally, that is just something that is, is in me. Um, because one day when my time comes and whatever I do or whatever uh, aspirations or endeavors that I embark on in life, I would want you mm-hmm. to be happy mm-hmm. and supportive of me when my time comes. So I think that is definitely important, and it shows that you like unconditionally love and care about this person and you have no jealousy no strife or enviness in your heart <laughs> boom and girl so true and another <laughs> thing that it does show is someone's self-confidence in themselves because it's not something yes. easy for if you have enough confidence to know that your path is directed by god mm. and your time is set you you yeah. are not Ooh. gonna hate on yes else whatever they come up is they got their business you know girls yeah. seem to be more competitive like that i feel like right. guys may do it on the low where you can't really catch it because right. it's not a man thing to yeah. do i don't know but girls like yeah. tend to be more like catty like oh she got that uh-huh. she got that uh, uh. yeah we're very yeah, yeah. we're definitely catty we're, women we're my catty lord yeah. help us. but <laughs> i think it's a very yep. important yep. to Stop. If you do, because it's human nature. If you catch yourself or you always feel like you're hating on somebody's come up, mm-hmm. to take some time and ask yourself, okay, why do I have insecurity mm-hmm. issues? Because you cannot tell me you're confident in yourself mm-hmm. if you're mm-hmm. always unhappy or you're always that jealous person when you see something good happening to someone else. Mm-hmm. Girl, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but That's guys, true. this has been a really good conversation, mm-hmm. but <laughs> me and Marion are going to take a quick break and we'll catch you on the second part of the series um, but stay tuned and we'll be right back <laughs> 